Hi, thanks for tuning in to High on Horror. I'm Drew. And I'm John. This episode and every future episode is dedicated to all the horror hounds and smokers out there who want to expand their knowledge of the genre and have a good time. Where are the monsters? Part 3 is here. These are our little love letters to monster movies that impacted our lives and that don't shy away from showing the monster. There is no, oh, it was all in my head. I'm the monster. There is not a real monster shit in these episodes. It's not trauma. Yeah, we are, we are celebrating monsters and shock and awe and the imagination that they've given us. Today we're covering Godzilla vs. Destroyer from the Heisei era of Godzilla films, which spanned from 1984 to 1995. And I personally am excited for this episode because we finally get to do an episode of Godzilla. And uh, those who tune in regularly know how much I've been itching to uh, cover a Godzilla movie. Oh, what? You like Godzilla? Who knew? (laughs) And uh, yeah, and what a better one to do than this one. Uh, So we're going to take a deep dive into the waters of one of the greatest kaiju battles and movies of all time. All that and more today on High on Horror. Interviews, reviews, and the latest news all rolled into one. Um, so a lot of people like in my close circle of friends and stuff, like actually assume that, uh, I've been this huge Godzilla fan all of my life because I'm such a fan. But the truth is I didn't become a real Godzilla fan until 2019's Godzilla King of the Monsters came out. Um, and, uh, I liked the 2014 one, but it wasn't enough to like make me an actual fan. And, you know, growing up, uh, my, my father and I, uh, my father, I'm sorry, was big on Godzilla. Um, and, uh, me and him weren't close so uh we very much had our own paths that we didn't much care to look at what one another was interested in and i always kind of avoided godzilla and the other movies uh and you know kind of uh put them down for being stupid or cheap or old or whatever and uh it was more of like an i don't like my dad so you know i can't like anything he likes or i'll be like him scenario however um my friend and i went to see godzilla king of the monsters in theaters and imax and uh, i walked out of that theater a full-blown fan you know uh, i loved that movie so much that it made me forget about my my dad and the first thing that i did when i came home was buy and look up all of the other 29 godzilla films and watch them in a non-stop marathon multiple times i was getting a lot of messages about godzilla movies <laughs> and yeah i couldn't get enough and uh and uh yeah i i just i loved how godzilla can be this ultimate beacon for hope but also be your worst nightmare and even be a social commentary on karma and how humanity is at fault for such a creature existing, you know? And, uh, I, I read every, I read everything I could get my hands on, um, about the movies. I spent a ton of money on figures and, uh, I've bought every gods of the comic book known to man. Um, and, uh, my, my life legit changed when I saw gods of the king of the monsters and, uh, my big black heart that's full of love, my love of horror movies just kind of freed up a little corner to fit some Godzilla in there. And uh, at 35 years old, it's hard for me to stumble onto something new and have it like take over like that, like Godzilla did. Like nothing's ever really made me do that before since I've never like just completely changed and just full blown like went into fandom of something. Yeah, for me, it was kind of the opposite. Uh, my dad was not really into Godzilla. His, uh, his monster of choice was King Kong. Uh, also, the only acceptable version to him was King Kong, the 1933 R- RKO version. Nice. Okay. He didn't care for the Jeff Bridges remake. I didn't care for that one either. He's a purist. Your dad was a purist. Uh, we went and me, I went. I remember I went. I went with my dad and some other dude he was friends with from from his senior center that he went to, and we went and saw 
the Peter Jackson King Kong. And I was like, wow, that was pretty good. My dad's response was, eh, it's okay. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> that, that was my dad's response to it. I like the Peter so, Jackson one. Yeah, I like it too, but it was just, yeah, 1933. And what's it, the Joey Diaz? 1933 King Kong or go fuck your mother. <laughs> but uh, uh, he's like us with the Halloween remakes. Like, you know, anything anything remake is blasphemy pretty much for Halloween. I understand. Uh, but I mean, he still liked the sequels like us, like how we like Halloween 2, 3, 4. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I mean, he still liked the OG sequels to the Kong movies, but... Uh, as for Godzilla, I only saw a handful of the older films when I was younger. I'm not sure, you know, being a child, your memory's not fully clear, but I want to say I saw a Godzilla on Monster Vision at some point. That uh, that sounds amazing. I haven't, but I, I, I want to say I did. I mean, I could be completely wrong. I was a kid, but I remember like watching the black and white Godzilla movies and like my dad would just make fun of them for being cheesy. But I'm like, man, you stole like 1933 Godzilla or Godzilla King Kong. Like yeah, some yeah, of those yeah. effects are pretty cheesy. So <laughs> like, come on, yeah. like you can't, can't hate on Godzilla. I, I mean, anytime I saw him on TV, I would watch him and my dad would kind of reluctantly watch them with me. He didn't hate Godzilla. He just wasn't a big fan. He thought kind of like, uh, the Peter Jackson King Kong. Eh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, um, all right, so uh, let's get into uh, the Godzilla discussion here. Um, almost every monster is man-made in one way or another. Sometimes the monster is a reflection of the evil of a man's soul and the darkness in it, and uh, Godzilla is no different. He was created out of fear. In 1954, there was nuclear testing on Bikini Atoll that left a fishing vessel accidentally irradiated and the japanese press called it the second atomic bombing of mankind out of this fear came the horror movie gojira a movie about the karma of man's evil cashing its check on our asses godzilla's skin is keloid skin his body from head to toe is covered in burn scars to signify the scars of those affected by nuclear tests yeah, we'll go over a little bit of the history here of some atomic weapons. Uh, most of you, if you're American, are probably familiar learning in school about the Manhattan Project, which ran from 1939 to 1945. It was the top-secret research program initiated by the United States during World War II. Uh, it was aimed to develop the first atomic bomb, and it was led by scientists such as J. Robert Oppenheimer. Uh, the project successfully constructed and tested the first atomic bomb, codenamed Trinity, in July of 1945. Speaking of Oppenheimer, I'm looking forward to that Nolan movie. Yes, man. I, Nolan could make a movie on grass growing, and I'd be like, <laughs> I want to see that. Agreed. <laughs> and his trailers also like hardly ever show anything and i'm but just like still epic it's there's so all i need like, to oh see God. is christopher nolan and yes. i'm like yep and that fucking hans zimmer score blasting right. and you're just like oh i'm in yeah yep. all it's got to say is christopher nolan and i'm just all right i already got a ticket <laughs> uh anyway uh in 19 in august of 1945 we had the bombing of hiroshima and nagasaki uh the bombing was the first of its kind uh including devastating loss of life in the immediate aftermath and then the prolonged effects of the radiation from the bomb uh this led to the surrender of imperial japan and uh the brought about the end of world war ii and then following world war ii there were post-war nuclear arms race uh both countries russia and the united states sought to develop more powerful nuclear weapons 
and that led to the testing of numerous atomic bombs. Uh, Drew, you mentioned Bikini Atoll test, and those took place uh, on the Marshall Islands, and those ran from 46 through 58. Uh, the test included the first post-war atomic bomb test, known as Operation Crossroads, in 1946, and multiple tests continued through the 50s, including the detonation of a thermonuclear or hydrogen bomb. Uh, the one test you mentioned was, uh, that's a famous case, the Castle of Bravo uh, test. Mm -hmm. And uh, the Soviet Union also embarked on an extensive nuclear testing program in 1949 in August. They successfully tested their first atomic bomb and then the American Monopoly on Nuclear Weapons. Uh, they conducted numerous tests through the 50s, including their first thermonuclear bomb test in 1953. And the yield of the atomic bombs increased substantially during this period. Uh, Hiroshima's bomb had a yield of around 15 kilotons, and that measures TNT in thousands of tons. Oh, wow. Uh, the Castle Bravo test that was conducted by the United States in 1954 produced uh, an unyielded uh, uh, sorry an unintended yield of 15 megatons so instead of thousands that's the equivalent to millions of tons of oh TNT. my god so like that shit went quick uh the <laughs> yeah things that's uh, the quote anchor man that escalated quickly yeah very much so Jeez. uh the castle bravo test highlighted the potential for massive destruction and the need for greater control over nuclear weapons and the ongoing nuclear test during this period contributed to the development of increasingly, as you can just hear from going from thousands to millions, uh, power, increasingly powerful nuclear weapons and the refinement of nuclear technology. However, uh, because of this shit, uh, there was a <laughs> lot of growing concerns about the destructive potential and environmental consequences of nuclear weapons, and that led to international efforts to curb nuclear proliferation and limit nuclear testing, culminating in the signing of the Partial Test Ban Treaty in 1963. Now, as for Japan after World War II, uh, they were banned from creating atomic weapons. However, the Japanese public at large has always been against creating these kinds of weapons. They've, they've put out opinion polls to see how people have felt, and every time it's overwhelmingly they don't want nuclear weapons. Uh, the trauma of the atomic bombing coupled with the nation's commitment to pacifism, shared public opinion, and political discourse. The majority of Japanese citizens and policymakers have consistently opposed the development of the weapons, prioritizing disarmament and peaceful solutions to international conflicts. And that was just, I guess, somewhat long, but a really brief version of going through all the nuclear weapons and bringing us up to, uh, well, I guess a little bit of today with Japan, but more bringing us up to the 50s, getting us uh, with all this nuclear background leading into Godzilla. Yeah, it's just crazy shit, man, hearing that shit. But, uh, yeah, so uh, Godzilla vs. Destroyer is the 22nd film in the Godzilla series. God damn. <laughs> I just want to jump in. Uh, t all these uh, Tyrese and what's his name? Vin Diesel talk about. Oh, has there ever been another franchise as successful as this? Well, goddamn, in 1995, <laughs> Godzilla was already on his 22nd film. So. Correct, correct, yeah. And and this movie is a significant one because it's the final and apocalyptic chapter of the Heisei era films. The first Heisei film was Godzilla 84, and uh, there are seven films in the Heisei era total, and Godzilla vs. Destroyer was Godzilla's swan song. The funny thing about the name Destroyer, uh, Destroya, originally it was spelled Destroyer, and everyone in the movie even calls him Destroyer, yeah. 
no one actually says Destroya. But for whatever reason, the title changed to Destroya with the A-H at the end. And um, Akira Ifukube, who scored several Heisei Godzilla films, such as Godzilla vs. King Ghidorah in 1991, and Godzilla and Mothra, The Battle for Earth in 92, and Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla 2, um, would make his last score. And uh, director Katao Okawara directed several Godzilla movies over the span of the Heisei era and Millennium eras, like Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla 2 and Godzilla Final Wars and Godzilla 2000, one of the very best in the series. But before we get into the movie here, um, let's talk about the Godzilla and Destroyer creature effects and costumes and those who brought them to life. Originally, effects artist Kochi Kawakita had the idea of making Godzilla luminescent. He, ap- he applied luminescent paint and reflective tape to a Godzilla suit, but uh, this approach was considered too artificial looking. Mm. Uh, the final design involved attaching 200 small orange light bulbs to the suit, oh, shit. which had previously been used in Godzilla versus Space Godzilla, and covering them with semi-transparent vinyl plates. However, the suit presented challenges for suit, act- suit actor Kempichiro Satsuma, uh, the cable powering the light bulbs added extra weight to the suit, and the carbonic acid gas emitted by the costume nearly suffocated him on six different occasions. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, like, damn, talk about dying for your art. Uh, consequently, the Godzilla encounter with the Super X3, uh, they utilized a suit that had been deemed expendable after its use in Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla 2. It was anticipated that the liquid nitrogen scene would cause irreparable damage to the original suit. And when it came to portraying Godzilla Jr. and Destroya, uh, traditional suit, suitmation techniques were employed. Since the Jr. suit was nearly the same size as the main Godzilla suit, a small animatronic prop was used for scenes where Jr. interacted with his father. Uh, in the scene where, where the JSDF bombards the immature Destroyas, Bandai action figures were used to bring the creatures to life. Kawakita incorporated more CGI into the film compared to previous installments, and CGI was utilized for depicting the freezing of Godzilla by the Super X-3, showcasing helicopters, display computers, schematics, illustrating the consequences of Godzilla's meltdown, and illustrating Godzilla's demise. We, uh... I will say there was some scenes you and I were both talking when we were watching it that you can just tell that they were models, like some of the ships yes. and some of the stuff. You're like, yeah. I guess Miniature, it was maybe yeah. may, maybe they needed a better perspective or you know a different angle they were shooting from. But there was a couple times that even before you got the larger picture, especially that ship one, like right yeah. away you're like, oh, that's a model. That's a <laughs> small model. Like I can tell. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the suit actor who portrayed Godzilla, as I said, was Kempichiro. Damn, I fucked it up after I did all that, all, all that well, like pronouncing his name. Kempichiro Satsuma. Uh, he's also known for his performances as Godzilla in several Heisei era Godzilla films, including Godzilla vs. Bilolante, Godzilla vs. King Ghidorah, Godzilla vs. Mothra, Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla 2, among others. Unlike Godzilla, there was no specific suit actor ex- exclusively des- designated for playing Destroya. Instead, they had a team uh, of suit actors and puppeteers working together to bring together the different forms of Destroya to life. 
Uh, the specific individuals involved in playing the different stages and forms of Destroyer have not been widely credited or specified. You would have figured at this point somebody would have stepped up. And yeah, like, right, yeah, right, right. Like, I was right. the one. I was the one there, fucking Godzilla. Yeah, I want to say you. Uh, you did really good, but uh, it's uh, Godzilla versus Biolante. You said Billolante. Oh, I said Billolante. Yeah, you. You're, you did really good. Look, I'm giving you props. You did your research. <laughs> like you, you brought your shit for this, you know. So Damn, I ain't criticizing. I'm just. Way. I'm just helping you out. <laughs> yeah, because you know there'll be some motherfucker. He mispronounced it. <laughs> anyway, uh, it's hard not to notice the influence of the films Alien and Aliens on Destroya. Yeah, and just the film <laughs> at large. Uh, Destroyer is a multi-phase creature. There's, what, three different phases? I believe so. That uh, I counted, yeah. Yeah, I think there's three. Uh, the tail, it got that little mouth thingy, too. <laughs> I don't know what you call that. <laughs> and look at the guns. You're going to tell me that one, even the way they were holding it, looked yeah. like the M56 the Vasquez gun. gun. Yep, yeah. yep. The Vasquez, yeah. Yep, exactly, 100%. Yeah, like, dude, like as soon as they were holding I'm like, come on. One of the many things that I love about Godzilla vs. Destroyer is the visuals. And you have to really credit the cinematographers, Masahiro, uh, Kishimoto, and Yushinori Sekiguchi. I hope that's, I'm saying these names. That's what I go with. Um, you know, for bringing the movie to life visually. You know, uh, the nighttime shots are beautifully lit. And the look of Godzilla's orange glowing body and eyes looks so amazing. This is known as Burning Godzilla. And the fact that the movie starts right away just pulls you in. No time for bathroom breaks. Um, there ain't no time to shit, as Captain <laughs> Spawning would say. Um, but uh, by the way, Burning Godzilla wouldn't be seen again until, until 2019's Godzilla King of the Monsters, which marked the first time he'd burned in an American Godzilla film as well. Uh, this Godzilla design is hands down my favorite like, of all the movies and mm. all the different Godzilla designs, this one's my favorite. Zilla always looked like he in a bubble bath. Like, that shit's <laughs> just always bubbling behind them. Yo, I'm just saying, like, if I was Godzilla, I'd be rolling blunts and just lighting them off myself. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> just, just touching it to your chest and yeah. just lighting it. <laughs> Puff it, throw a fucking uh, destroyer around. Do a, do a spoof where it's just Godzilla just hotboxing all day. Like, just hotboxing the fucking He ocean. decides not to destroy the city because he just smokes and chills out. <laughs> but, we're, right, uh, we're right in good movies i mean it'd still be better than some of the really bad godzilla movies <laughs> yeah 98 but uh anyway one of the other things that i love about this movie is that uh and it's key to mention is that destroyer is the first kaiju to have fatalities this fucking thing doesn't pull any punches and brings the fight to godzilla more than anything ever has this is the movie as a godzilla fan where you ask yourself is Godzilla going to make it? <laughs> Even if they don't explain how Destroyer got the oxygen, Destroyer's power, who cares? He's a badass. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be honest. Destroyer might have surpassed Mothra as my favorite kaiju. Really? Like, every form of it is badass. Like, that roach-looking form. Yeah. That, like, final for form with, like, the horn. I mean, like, you say you worry for Godzilla. I would not have been upset if Destroyer won. <laughs> I mean, you can boo me all you want, but... You gotta root for the bad guy. I mean, I'm, all, I'm, a, I'm a heel guy, so. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, after defeating Space Godzilla, the United Nations Godzilla Countermeasure Center, or the UNGCC. <laughs> yeah, you imagine, like, the actual UN had, like, a Godzilla division? <laughs> hey, anything can happen, right? But uh, they discover that uh, uh, Birth Island is gone. It exploded. And Godzilla and Junior, his son, uh, are, are missing. 
Godzilla makes an appearance, daunting his new look of glowing orange, and looks infuriated, destroying everything in his path, just lashing out. And uh, Godzilla has those orange spots and, and steams because his heart is melting down from all of the power he absorbed from his island being destroyed. His island was destroyed from a volcanically triggered uranium deposit, so whenever he's in the water, he turns the ocean into a giant hot tub. So that's why I got the bubble bath going on. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, and then we get to the plot of the film, which is that a college student, uh, Kenkichi Yamane, uh, grandson of Dr. Kohoe Yamane, uh, who encountered the first Godzilla is hired to figure out Godzilla's condition and what it means and what will happen. And it turns out that when Godzilla's temperature reaches 1200 degrees Celsius, self, self healthiest, that's Mike Tyson did Celsius, <laughs> Celsius. that, uh, he, he will detonate <laughs> like a bomb and the effect will essentially leave the world in ruin. The radioactivity that he is carrying is enough to end the world. So the globe, the goal becomes to stop Godzilla from, blowing up just, just just get godzilla to lay down in the water till he cools down right yeah right just put him in See, some ice that's water why, that's why you get him hot you hot box him just put him in some ice water yeah just yeah <laughs> just just get a bunch of ice and throw it in the ocean <laughs> who knows maybe that shit would have worked they're gonna van damme it from universal soldier <laughs> godzilla just chilling anyway we're ridiculous but uh yeah, then we discover that uh, in an attempt to end world hunger, the government wants to use micro-oxygen to make fish and other aquatic edible life bigger, and thus there'd be more to go around, I guess, you know, when you catch one or something. However, the government also wants to use this micro-oxygen as a weapon to kill Godzilla. Uh, so you're saying the government messed things up, shocker. And that they just have all just wacky ideas, you know. Um, and they made Godzilla, so. And this is one of my favorite points of the movie. You know, uh, at this point, they call the pilot in of the Super X2 from Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla 2 to fly the Super X3 from Godzilla vs. Biollante <laughs> um, to give us some aerial combat by shooting Godzilla with cooling lasers so we'd chill the fuck out, literally. And um, it doesn't stop Godzilla's meltdown, but it does incapacitate yeah. him for a little bit. He got know, like a. Uh, little weed nap. <laughs> yeah, he, I mean, he got T, he got T one thousand. They turned him into the, they froze him up for a minute, but then he came back. That'd have been badass if he broke out like the T one thousand. His <laughs> leg just, just <laughs> falls apart when he's like trying to walk. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, here's the part where we meet Godzilla's foe of the film, Destroyer. Um, in what is the only horror film scene in the movie. Uh, we just uh, like you mentioned earlier the aliens thing. You know, we discover that Destroyer is a Precambrian era. Uh, species that was mutated during the oxygen bombs detonation in the first Godzilla film. But now, due to fucking construction of all things <laughs> on the Tokyo Bay Aqua Line, they've awakened. And uh, when we first see Destroya, it's a very James Cameron aliens kind of way, like you said, you know, the soldiers hunting it, the guns and technology used. And, uh, after defeat via flamethrowers. Oh, shit. I forgot that in my... Uh, I was like alien. I forgot all about the flamethrower. Right, yeah. Um, you know, several more destroyers come to the surface and wreak havoc on the city and the JSDF, the Japanese Defense Forces. And uh, that's when we learn that they can pull a fucking Megazord and form one giant creature as a result of being threatened. And uh, then we see his big ass flying over Tokyo. And this is one of my favorite things, but you just can't explain it, but I love is that like when you see Destroyer flying, like whenever he flies over a building, it like just explodes. Like not even touching it, just hovering over it, and that bitch just starts sparking up and bomb and just explodes. I think it has to do with that electricity. 
Like, you know, like the, yeah, I guess. he has that electricity. Yeah. But, yeah, like, that's the other thing is, like, Godzilla just don't have, like, one. They just straight trying to gank him. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and then, you know, now we get to Junior. We finally see Junior here. He makes his appearance. The uh, UNGCC decides, hey, the best option to save the world is to make Godzilla fight destroy us. Sounds plausible, I guess. <laughs> um, but uh, they have uh, Miki Segusa telepathically locate a maturing and angsty teenage junior who's lost and looking for his dad, and they lure him to destroy us to you know use him as bait for Godzilla. And let me just say here that this movie doesn't have any characters that you can that you actually care for. It's a monster movie, um, but uh, there's there's not really character development either. So uh, it was smart to use uh, Miki and uh, her relationship with Junior from prior films in order to actually include a relationship that you care about and feel for. Yeah, uh, look, I've always said the less human scenes in Godzilla movies, the better. That's why I like Godzilla vs. Kong. Mm -hmm. Just let them motherfuckers duke it out. That's all I'm here for. It's in the title. It's a versus movie. Get the humans the fuck out of here. I don't right. want to see them. I hear you. Uh, and this one does limit the humans, I feel. Like I said, just let me see some kaijus duking it out. A hundred percent, man. You know, and, uh, but, uh, yeah, destroy a fucks. I'm sorry. Yeah. Destroy a fucks junior up bad, you know, uh, Finish. yeah, he, uh, but, but that doesn't stop junior from trying, and, you know, causing some of his own damage to destroy you. You know, this is a decent little battle that has you legit hoping Junior doesn't die because it does look grim at times. And uh, Godzilla awakens and is worsened in condition. His meltdown could destroy the world in a China Syndrome-like incident where basically he'd create a hole in the Earth and I guess essentially everything would get sucked into it. Um, Godzilla takes the bait and uh heads towards junior and destroyer and now everyone all, all anyone can do is hope that destroyer can defeat godzilla they want godzilla gone and uh godzilla arrives in time to uh to see destroyer kick junior junior's ass and uh destroyer kills junior by picking him up and dropping him onto a building whose rubble just like collapses on him and uh, Godzilla can't even mourn before he's already being attacked again and manhandled like no Destroy one's ever. Destroy, don't play no shit. Manhandled him before, you know, and, uh, you know, Godzilla picks himself up and as his temperature increasingly rises to critical, he goes in for one final round and uh, this is where he owns Destroyer. The hand-to-hand -hand combat in Gore is awesome. They really dig into each other, literally, and, uh, uh, but ultimately it's Godzilla's constant atomic breath that overwhelms Destroyer because he's just blasting him with that hot breath. <laughs> just hot literally hot breath but yeah and uh you know we see uh like we legit see meat hanging off of destroyer's face for god's sake like he's in bad shape he's fucking getting picked apart and uh he decides nope never mind i'm out and tries to fly off but the uh, jsdf use their low temperature lasers and they like f shoot him in the wings and blow him up causing him to fall and explode a second time and uh, i will say that the japanese army was effective in this movie like they weren't a joke like the cops and military are in other movies but uh, that does that still does not explain how the same weapons they used on destroyer earlier didn't work but now somehow they do <laughs> Just don't think about it yeah um but uh even destroyer couldn't kill godzilla who's proven time and time again to be perfect godzilla still dies though godzilla first died in the 1954 original and again in 1984 
In this one, his meltdown occurs in what is honestly, to me, one of the most saddest and tragic things that you'll see as a monster movie fan. Uh, it's like that Frankenstein moment. It, it really pulls your heartstrings. Um, using uh, freezer weapons on Godzilla, they stop the world from ending, but the radiation levels in Tokyo make it uninhabitable. And uh, uh, until suddenly we see radioactivity cease. Which isn't then, how that works. Right, but <laughs> don't think about it, remember? Suddenly uh, Tokyo isn't uninhabitable anymore, and we look through the smoke and debris in Tokyo for answers to see an erect and fully mature junior alive and well. His dorsal plates are huge. Having absorbed all of his dad's energy, he is alive and well. And thus the story concludes with us, the audience being reminded and having the comfort to rest on that Godzilla will always live on. Um, Junior was supposed to be the new Godzilla, but they never followed up on it. Instead, four years later, Godzilla 2000 came out and started the millennium era. But okay, my rating, I'm biased, but 10 out of 10. It's bittersweet, and it's, uh, it's, it's at its core, it's everything I could ask for in a monster movie or a Godzilla movie. When I was watching all the Godzilla movies, this was like the one that, uh, there's a lot of movies you sit through, and some of them can be kind of repetitive, but this was one of those ones where I like shot up on the edge of my seat and was like, yo, what is going to happen? This is crazy. And uh, it has complete rewatchability. Um, it has heart, and I truly think this is one of the this this is the best ending for Godzilla, and I wouldn't change anything about it. Uh, not uh, not all Godzilla movies can can make you feel something, and this one does somehow. Even though there's not really any character development, it's more just because you love Godzilla so much. But um, if there was never another Godzilla film, I'd be content with this having been the last one. And I have to ask you, John, like, you know, what's your final thoughts and what's your uh, what's your favorite scene or part? All right. Um... I was I was a little surprised when you originally were like Godzilla versus Destroy. I wasn't too familiar with it, but uh I would probably say I haven't seen all the Godzilla movies. I've seen, you know, I've seen a decent handful of them. Uh this is probably my favorite Godzilla movie. I'm shit. Not like even it was like really Godzilla good. versus Kong and the newer ones. Yeah, oh, I nice. like this one. Awesome. Um I still haven't seen Shin Godzilla, so That's next. Take 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 that for what it's worth i haven't seen that yet um yeah 10 out of 10 for you that's uh it's funny enough uh the rotten tomato score this is the number one ranked uh guy godzilla movie is it the number it's one 100 on rotten tomatoes no shit it's, i wouldn't it's say the it's 100 there's definitely Damn. a couple things you know some <laughs> things we could pick out that's not so perfect about it right um but i really enjoyed it um I would give it an 8.7 out of 10. Oh, shit. I mean, I really, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, as for like my favorite scene, um, I gotta say any of the night scenes just looked incredible, especially Mm -hmm. with the glowing Godzilla. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That rhino gore was badass. (laughs) (laughs) When, 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 when when junior took the horn. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That was badass, man. Uh, Uh, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, and all the fight scenes were cool. Yeah, that that final fight scene for me, it's way more physical than you'd expect, right? Like, you usually expect, you usually are used to seeing, like, Godzilla like and his, his foes shooting beams across from each other, atomic breath. You it's know, a lot and, of special effects. And this one, they get physical. And then, you know, you it's a... Uh, there's, there's gore and all, and these two kaijus fuck each other up and leave it all out there. It's emotional. It's personal. Yeah, destroy, yeah. I've become a fan of Destroyer after this movie. I really like. I was thinking like all your figures. I was like, damn, I want to destroy you. Yeah, I got to get one. He's he's coming. I got to find one to get. Like, I don't even care what form it is. I'll take any of them. Like, <laughs> like just a little representation. It's kind of cool. Like he, you don't really have any other foes of Godzilla that really have all these different phases to them. Yeah, and yeah. 
every single one of them was awesome. And you got to think, right? Godzilla beat him at the very end when he was his most powerful. Um, and even up until that point, he was losing. Godzilla was losing the fight. He was about to, he had it in the bag at the very, very end. But uh, up, well, you know, up until that point, the, he was losing. The more, they kind of also pointed out, the more he's getting beat up and more radioactive, the actually, the stronger he's getting because of it. Right. But my point is that yeah. imagine if Destroyer fought Godzilla like when he wasn't burning, how it would have been completely, probably, it would have been completely one sided. Well, you know what I mean? Like if Godzilla. Well, the cowards had, won't make that movie. Right place, right time. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's get into the sequels and remakes. Oh yeah, so uh, you, oh uh, my bad. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to jump ahead. No, I was gonna say so. So your favorite, your favorite scene was the final fight scene. My yeah, the yeah. final just because of the gore and yeah. and the violence. Yeah, it was it was pretty damn good. All right, I'm gonna go over every sequel since Godzilla versus Destroy and a. And this is the Millennium Era, essentially. Yeah, well, it goes into all of them, but yeah, starting with the Millennium Era. But uh, yeah, in each one of their uh, box offices, mm-hmm. we had Godzilla 2000, which came out in 1999. Yeah. And that was uh, 10 million. Godzilla versus, I'm going to mispronounce this, Megagarus? Megaguarius. Megaguarius. Yes. Okay. 2018 million dollars. Godzilla, Mothra, and King Ghidorah, giant monsters all out attack. I want to see that. Yeah, no, that's good. <laughs> it's pretty decent. <laughs> 2001, pretty decent. I made 16 million. And uh, in 02, we had Godzilla versus, or I'm sorry, Godzilla against Mechagodzilla, which made 14 million. Godzilla Tokyo SOS in 2003. Mm-hmm. I mean, pretty much this was like uh, Friday the 13th in the 80s. They're pumping one out every year. Right. Uh, yeah, 03, essentially. It made 20 million. Godzilla Final Wars in 04 made 12 million. Then we had a bit of a break, and then we got the American Godzilla in 2014, which made 529 million. And I thought it was okay. Okay. Like, I. I, I the, that's how I feel too. I wasn't like I said the, the twenty fourteen one was. It was like oh he. I thought Godzilla looked amazing, but I was like the movie was okay. And it was. I mean, it was also at night a lot, but it was not well lit. Uh, Shin Godzilla in twenty sixteen made seventy seven million. Yeah, this this marks the Reiwa, the Reiwa era. And then uh, we had uh, three animated films that were released on Netflix, so they don't have a box office. Uh, but it was Godzilla. Uh, Planet of the Monsters in 2017, City on the Edge of Battle 2018, and also in 2018, The Planet Eater. Uh, 2019, we had your uh, favorite, Godzilla King of the Monsters, yeah. 386 million. This is much better than the 2014 version. There's Shin Ultraman from 2021. It's not a direct Godzilla film. It's directed by Shin Godzilla's director, Hideki Anno, uh-huh. and it features similar themes and aesthetics. But yeah, I want to see that. I haven't seen it yet. I was supposed to see it in theaters, but my kid was sick. So. And uh, Godzilla vs. Kong from 2021 made 470 million. Yeah, and then let's not forget we got uh, another Godzilla movie coming out this November from Toho, and then we got Godzilla and Kong: The New Dynasty uh, coming out next year from Legendary. So we got two Godzilla movies coming out in the next year pretty badass and uh most of the sequels reflect their box offices as you see and were not well received uh godzilla final wars placed the series on hiatus until there was a big enough demand to have godzilla back that was smart enough they didn't end it they just knew took a break eventually they're gonna want to see godzilla again it was a long time but uh final wars is awful though man it's so bad like oh my god 
Uh, if you go off Rotten Tomatoes, uh, most of the sequels are not in the top 10 of the series by score. Uh, in fact, two of the sequels are ranked in the bottom six of the franchise. Oh, shit. Godzilla King of the Monsters and Godzilla against Mechagodzilla, which is considered the lowest ranked in the entire franchise by Rotten Tomatoes. <sighs> Damn. Yeah, uh, for some reason, as well as Godzilla King of the Monsters, that it was not well received. Yeah, because uh, I, I think a lot of people liked that realism that was made in the 2014 one, but that was one of the things that took me out of it. Um, but uh, there's there's this meme that it's like Gareth Edwards from uh, Godzilla 2014. And he's like, let's make Godzilla as realistic as possible, and we're gonna make our own villain and stuff with the Mutos. And then in the next picture, it's Mike Doherty, and he's like. Fuck it, Godzilla's gonna have his original dorsal plates, Mothra's gonna be in this bitch, Ghidorah's in it. Like, <laughs> so he, he made a real Godzilla film, and I think that uh, maybe some people weren't used to that, they, they wanted a more modernized, but uh, for whatever reason, the kickback on that, Godzilla versus Kong, did good, so I guess it was a fluke, and we're back at it. Well, you know? I mean, back Godzilla King of the Monsters still did amazing. Yeah. One of the highest grossing in the entire franchise, but it just, for some reason, critics didn't go with it. But, I mean, for the other part, the other sequels, most of them their box office reflected the critical scores that they had for the Makes most sense. part. So bombs at the box. Yeah. They just scores, kept gradually yeah. getting worse for the most part, except yeah. apparently Godzilla against Mecha Godzilla. And it's weird. Why is it all of a sudden we have Godzilla versus Godzilla versus Godzilla versus, and then there's a Godzilla against. Yeah. I don't <laughs> like, why did you change the verses? Like whatever. I didn't develop the movies. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I realized we never said anything about a train wreck for this episode. <laughs> we, I mean, smoking, yeah. we, we we've been smoking. I mean, you probably heard me hit the ball once or twice, but yeah, I don't know. Like I realized uh, just now <laughs> as we're about to wrap up that there is uh, no train wreck. So, uh, I mean, really, Josh should thank us because yeah. he doesn't have to make that train a coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So I guess you know my uh our our, our final thoughts and uh <laughs> you know. <laughs> Oh, on this week's episode is that, uh, sure, you know, there's still monsters out there on your TV screen, like the clickers from The Last of Us. I guess they're more zombies, you know, but they are monstrous looking, but monsters aren't as easy to come by as they used to be. Uh, most of the time, monster movies are made on shoestring budgets with terrible effects, and they don't get respect. Monster movies never really got respect. Or you end up with some terrible <coughs> CGI monster, and nobody wants to see that shit. You know, so, uh, but when you hit the nail on the head, so to speak, there's hardly anything better than a good monster movie. So what happened to the monsters? Where are the monsters that we grew up with that define making our imagination explode and scare the piss out of us? John and I don't know, but we know that you can find them here on High on Horror. That had a lot of weed, (laughs) but apparently we'll, so high we'll forget to tell you that, you know, we're smoking because, you know, stoners, we, we got to announce it's like vegans. Um, I'm, I'm gonna go smoke. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't eat meat. All right. Uh, so I don't got an episode to announce to you. So that means you better follow us on social media. High on Horror 420, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Uh, you can always send us some puff puff ass questions at High on Horror 420 at gmail.com. Make sure to check out our website, High on Horror.com, and. Uh, for me, I guess I'll about wrap her up. Yeah, and uh, I'd like to sign off with a quote here by the late, great Ashiro Honda, who uh, is a founding father of Godzilla and has directed eight films in Godzilla's filmography. 
Monsters are tragic beings. They are born too tall, too strong, too heavy. They are not evil by choice. That is their tragedy. See you next week.